You're listening to Enjoy an Album with Liam Widnow and Christopher MacArthur Boyd. Hello, thank you for downloading this week's episode. Liam here. We're going to try and do the intro fairly sharpish because um, Chris is currently hammering a nail into a wall. It's not me. My next door neighbour, Anita, is um, just doing some DIY, I think. Anita was the name of the first girl I ever had a smooch with. What was her second name? Go for a shape? I'm not going to say her second name. (laughs) Was it go for a shape? That was her surname, yes. It was in it was in <laughs> Ireland. I was 11 years old, because well, maybe younger. I was 10 or 11, because I'm an absolute player. Um, and I was visiting there, visiting family, mm-hmm. um, over the summer holidays. And I had a little uh, holiday romance with uh, a girl who I believe was two years older than me. Um, and we had... Uh, it was organised by her friends, saying that in Ireland they call it shifting instead of kissing. And they were like, mm-hmm. Liam, are you going to go for a shift with Anita? And um, they, one of the girls went and got a magazine um, for like, you know, one of these like teen magazines that had an article on how to kiss. And they made me read it before going behind a tree and kissing this girl called Anita. Why have you brought that up? Because that's <laughs> your neighbour's name. <laughs> Sounds like you're just bragging about all the wee girls you kissed, to be honest with you. But okay. Um, yep, we've got a great episode. I don't know why it's been spoiled by Liam being a creep. No, it's not creepy. That's a nice story. That's a nice story. chat at the start of the episode. It's like, this is, we're the, this is the vibe chat. we're going for. You know, it's a cold open. Can you hear the banging? Yes. Uh, okay. It's a, co- it's a cold open. We do a cold open into the app. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a nice story, actually. I'm sorry. Well, I thought it was rude. Um, so you not only have you ruined the cold open with your, uh, your poo-pooing of my... Uh, lovely young romantic story but also the hammering in the background why don't you just shit all over the podcast so I'm, a, I'm taking you read this magazine you kissed this girl your eyes lit up you breathed gold and then um, and then we never spoke she, to and each then, other and again then you, no and then you said what's your name she went I need to go for a shite and you thought well the name that will stay with me for the rest of my life must look her up on Facebook <laughs> you can't put your name as go for a shite I've tried Chris, go for a um, shot. Um, so, yeah. yeah, this week we're listening to Harry Styles' Fine Line. It's a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an argument at the end, which I think is pretty entertaining. Uh, well, I don't know if you can tell, but we record the intro after we do the end, and some of the tension from the end has snuck in to the intro now. It's festering. Like, <laughs> I was fine. Festering I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm, I'm over it, mate. I'm over it. I, I think know. we're such good friends. And... Hey, I think you need the shot of all the poo-pooing you're doing. <laughs> yeah, maybe, actually. But... <laughs> Um, listen, it is a fun episode. We uh, went in open-minded, open-hearted, open-bummed to this uh, to this album, and we came away with some spicy, spicy takes. Mm, rich, spicy. <laughs> really horrible noise that you did there. <laughs> really horrible noise you just put in everyone's ears. Mm, rich, spicy hot takes. Chris, how have you been outside of the podcast? Let's try and me- let's try and. Me- I think that was a perfect place to end the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you wanted to chat about yeah. Disco Elysium, but okay, that's fine. Yeah, we can. No, uh, no, 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 no. You want to end the intro there? Hey, thank you for downloading. No, let's just end it. You know, before we even have this conversation. But we need to say. Now this is really hard to edit out. Yeah, you because know, I'm just talking about how we really edit it so much, including what I'm saying now. Big thank you to Wilma Key. 
for the editing, Alex Harwood for the artwork. If you enjoy the app, please do find us on Twitter at Enjoy an Album. Get involved with the conversation about all the albums we've listened to so far and will in the future. Enjoy the episode. As you we, can also follow us on Instagram as we individually as we enjoy it and on Twitter at the Boy Here is what Rolling Stone magazine had to say in their blurb for. 491st best album of all time according to them harry styles fine line harry styles achieved pop greatness with one direction but he got even deeper on his own on fine line he stakes his claim as one of his generation's most savagely imaginative musical minds style breathes in the 1970s california sunshine of his heroes Joni mitchell david bowie stevie nicks with soulful breakup songs As he explained, it's all about having sex and feeling sad. Yet the music is drenched in Starman joy. The shroomadelic guitar trip, She, the dulcimer crazed Canyon Moon, the number one juicy fruit beach orgy, Watermelon Sugar. Chris, it's Harry Styles. What does that mean to you? Well, um, it it stuck out on the list, you know? Mm -hmm. Now look. Were you done your preliminary scroll? I'm no pop music snob, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but I was a bit sceptical about this album's placing on the greatest 500 albums of all time have, before I'd heard it. Right. Why was that? Um, I just didn't expect it to be that good. Not not good. Mm-hmm. I guess I thought I would be surprised if I listened to it and went, yes, this is one of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Sure. Um, what were your pre-album thoughts um, in well, regards to that? Do you know, I'm a bit of a contrarian, so obviously, doing my preliminary scroll, I'm like, Harry Styles, okay. Um, not really gave him a chance since uh, One Direction. Which, what, you know what, what I mean? Were you into One Direction? No, but when I was 18, listen, when I was in Magaluf, banging it out to <laughs> LMFAO Party Rocker, one of the other big hits was You Don't Know You're Beautiful, you know or That's What Makes beautiful. You Beautiful. And that what makes you beautiful. And I always thought that was kind of a fucking, you know, Mobius strip of an idea because it's you don't know you're beautiful that's what makes you beautiful but when you're told that you then know that you're beautiful so that makes you not beautiful wow but then when you don't know it because of that that's what makes you beautiful so it, it's it's a vicious cycle mm. you know so i thought maybe maybe he's got better since then i like that song you know what i mean i didn't really follow one direction through the whole uh hits after hits you want a 1d was, head i wasn't a 1d i had many directions um, it's that shite thing, isn't it? The, my the number one place I've heard the words One Direction in the last ten years is shit compares saying it to any group of lads in the front yeah. row of comedy. You go, oh, more like wrong direction. More like no direction. <laughs> Can I say uh, that I watched for my sins, just purely for research purposes, um, Anthony Fantano's review of this album? And uh, all right, okay. Would you make him? Do you like him? Not, no, not really. Um, okay. But uh, what did he give it? I, you know, I don't think I even finished because I I, I, I got <laughs> to the point at which he said he used a no direction joke, oh. and I was like, Fantano, you wake you know, and turned it off. Fantano just doesn't do the clubs enough, you know. That's he it. Doesn't know. <laughs> Cracking five can't do a ten to save his life.
Ten's fine, but it's twenty's a bomb. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, I mean, guess did you know much about One Direction even? Like, because I'll be honest, I knew that song, but look, hey, I don't really, I don't really uh, swing in the circles that the One D heads are. Um, I was eighteen when the. Uh, you know they won. I think two thousand. And... They didn't win. Oh no, they didn't win. But they done really well. So let's let's talk about that. Hang on. They were in uh, X Factor. Right. They were all. They came in individually. Yep. Simon Cowell went. I'm gonna put these all. Got, oh, they've all been kicked out. I'm gonna bring mm-hmm. them all together uh, in one direction and make a band. And yeah. they came third. Wow. But then he signed who, them anyway. Who beat them? Shane. Shane. What? Michelle McManus. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, that was Pop Idol season two. Girls Aloud. No. No, there's a good band. Their opening song, their first song, the um, sound of the it's great pop song. I love that riff. Remember hearing that in a DFS and just being like, "What is this? Is white stripes or something? What the fuck's this?" God, I am. Oh my days! I am buying discount sofas and having a bloody laugh. That fucking my tremolo guitar and sounded underground is so banging. That is absolute pomo banger. That's a new thing I'm going to say. Pomo banger? Permo, as in as a oh. permanent banger. Do you know what I mean? Permanent, and I thought you meant postmodern banger. <laughs> it's that too. <laughs> that was, um. so it was Girls Aloud versus, some. It was pop, that was Popstars The Rivals, right? What a, se- what a season, yeah. Where they, they, had, they, uh, they found a girl band and a boy band, and then they got them to compete for Christmas mm-hmm. number one. What a great idea. It's such hubris, isn't it? Like, just to assume that one of you is, is going to win it, right? Eh... Uh... To win number one? I mean, it's effects, isn't it, really? What do you mean? Like, if you've got a TV show that's promoting your two artists. Yeah, but then famously, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. t- like, they got Christmas number one instead as, like, a big fan-led, like, protest against X Factor's dominance. It was dominance. The NME. Simon Cowell was on the cover of the NME and stuff. People were like, this is insane. Rage Against the Machine. Then it turned out Rage Against the Machine and Simon Cowell both work for the same record company. So by buying records oh. to uh, take it to the man, you were actually given money. To the same people that you would have given money to if it was uh, the X Factor song. It's like, it's like the. Hey, it's kind of like the difference between voting Democrat and Republican. Listen, same. Two puppets held by the same puppet master. One True Voice was the name of the boy band version of. Um, of, of they weren't very good, were they? No, they, they, they didn't last past their first single, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that. I mean, I can't. I don't even. They've all got such terrible names. Keith Semple. It's not a very boy band name, is it? No. You want to turn it to Keith Temple if you want to make it in the business. Wow. And I'm actually using this service. If you feel that you have a boring name, I will boy bandify. I would like name. a I would like a better boy boy band name. You'd like a better boy boy band name? Lo- well, I nearly said boyfriend for some reason. I would like a better boyfriend. <laughs> I would like a better boyfriend. Um, <laughs> go get one. Um, actually, and this ties us. This actually brings us back to the um, topic of the pod. Because one thing that I know about One Direction, and okay, let me explain something before you make fun of me, okay? I have a Google alert for my own name, right? Mm-hmm. The, your fake name or your real name? Well, Liam with now, my comedy name. Right. Okay? Stage name. And the reason I have that is because for many years at the festival, I self-produced my own shows, right? Sure. So if you, sure. if you set up a Google alert for your own name, basically, if an article is published about you or a review... You get that emailed to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to make fun of the fact that I have a Google alert for my own name. The DIY hustle is, uh, is, is real. I appreciate you saying that. So, 
for the last, since I set it up, I'm going to say six years ago, I reckon I'll get 2% of the emails I get from it are relevant to me or my career. The other 98% are One Direction stories. No. In, because there is a member called Liam mm-hmm. and there is a member called Niall. So mm-hmm. if they ever do anything together, it says Liam with Niall, Liam with Niall and I'll get sent that. Think Google it would sort that out, wouldn't you? I don't think it's a problem for them. No, but it's a problem for you because it's not your name. Your name isn't Liam with Nile. It is close. It's that's how you say it with your insane voice, but that's not very you know, very offensive. Very offensive thing to say. Um, so I do get some One Direction news every now and then. One Direction goss. Any good stuff happened? Um, they split up. Oh yeah, that was a couple of years ago. That's like five years ago. But I still get the occasional thing about oh Liam spotted with Liam with Nile have been spotted. <laughs> Is this the is this the one D reunion? Yeah, I was going to say your your pop star name could be Liam with Zane, mm. but I feel like that would just give you more. Uh, yeah, I don't think that would Google help. Up, Google update problems. Liam with Noel, and it would just get the Oasis crew in as well. Yeah. Did you hear? I know we're talking about um, kind of reality shows just now, but this album, one of the first people to hear it was either Liam Gallagher or Noel Gallagher. I can't remember. I think it was Liam. Really. Yeah, they were in the studio together at the same time in London. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Right, we'll we'll come to the album. Um, Who are your big people in terms of, like, your big... Like, for One Direction, was this reality show, talent show, success? Did you have any bands or artists where you were like, this is... They're my favourite of that type of person. You know, I wasn't really into music. Like, I like... I've mentioned before on the pod, I liked Backstreet Boys... You loved them. You had the poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and that was up until about, I don't know, age nine. And mm-hmm. then, like, between the age of, like, nine and 14, like, I was aware of music. And obviously, like, I liked pop songs or whatever. But I didn't really have any artists that I was, like, into, into. Until mm-hmm. I hang out with a guy called Pete who got me into the, um, what we were called, the grunge, the grunge scene. But it wasn't actually grunge. They were just called grungers. And I wore a flame shirt with a, a, a chain, a wallet chain and... And started listening to bands like Linkin Park. You know what I mean? That's that's cool, man. I, I kind of had that moment as well. So I was never really had like a big. I mean, I was into Backstreet Boys, but not in not in like a a one D type then way. Then you. I'm actually a very complex person. Yeah, me too. I'm very complex as well. Yeah, you, know, you are quite complex, but I, I'm I'm I, you know your complexity is minute compared to mine. But you probably wouldn't be able to understand that because you're not as complex. No, I can see why you would think that if you weren't actually very complex. You wouldn't really be able to tell how complex someone else was. Complex people don't live next to loud roads. That's just a fact. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. That's the. Uh, it's a man on a motorbike that I've got coming to meet me about something. You wouldn't understand because you're not <laughs> as complex as I am. You don't. You don't have very interesting people in your life like me who who knows people who ride motorbikes. I tell you who um, where I last saw Harry Styles. <laughs> Peace Express. Um, in. Uh, in the movie Dunkirk, have you seen it? No, I um, I because I'm a big uh, One Directioner. I uh, I couldn't take the idea of his face being blown off by shrapnel, so I didn't watch it. Is that what happens in it? I can't remember the fate of his character, but um, <laughs> I, I, I like I remember him turning up and me being like, "Is that that One Direction boy?" Yeah, I, I didn't say it out loud, and like you know, you kicked out the audience. <laughs> What's this? He wasn't bad. You know, it was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine for me sums everything up about this young man. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert on what I think of the album. Um, 
So yeah, so him and One Direction, well, obviously, you know, that's just like global Simon Cowell megastars. My favourite like, kind of Simon Cowell megastars was Gareth Gates and Will Young. Mm. That was my era. The first, well, you the get, first well, you series team, of Pop Idol. Team Gates or Team Young? Do you know, in, in hindsight, I was wrong. I was I was Gates. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. Listen, the wee guy couldn't talk. Hey, he, I think you better leave right now. <laughs> God, uh, really, why I almost stopped this long and winding road that we're on. <laughs> um, listen, I'm I thought this, this podcast moment. idea would be evergreen. But, I'm gonna make um, it last forever. We both we both did the same song, except you spoke over me. Gonna have to consult the spirit in the sky with the Kumas. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that. Will Young. What was that yeah, about? He had the um the superior. He was like he was just always more interesting, wasn't he? They both had a great story. One of them was like. I am a gay man. The other one was like, I can barely speak, but I'm going to have sex with Jordan in like two months after oh, this. Oh, yeah. Gareth Gates and Jordan. Oh, my yeah. God. It's all coming back. I think Gareth Gates is now musical theatre, dude. I think he's a speech therapist. He's one of the youngest speech therapists in uh, UK history. Actually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have so, you been doing research? No, I just knew that. <laughs> I thought I did, for I some reason that. that he was in like, I don't know, Joseph and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. He probably like is, but I know that. I mean, listen, he's a complex guy. You want to talk about complexity? Gareth yeah. Gates. He lives in complex city. Yeah, he's he's cool. <laughs> uh, I I really liked uh, Well Young in that, and you know Evergreen was supposed to be a Westlife song, and I was kind of like, what? How dare he take it? But he, he put his own spin on it and stuff, you know. Um, um I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I knew very little about Harry Styles the man, so I was fully expecting this week to open up with another secret posho. All right, yeah. That's what I expected. I, I don't know why. Are we doing secret posho right now? I'm up for well, it. I'm down. Well, 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 no, we're not. Because <laughs> he's actually a working class hero. Yeah. You know? He won so, a fucking competition to become a pop star, really. Well, yeah, that doesn't exclude you from being a posho. No, of posh course it though. doesn't. But it's, uh, it's, it's usually not the way a, a connected person would go about things. He was um he, he was born basically like just outside Birmingham a kind of place called Redditch yeah south of Birmingham uh, he um his, his school a couple of footballers went there but like you know nothing not like the fucking Earl of Winsbury or any shit like that <laughs> Dean Ashton who used to play for West Ham um he worked part time in a bakery when he was fifteen you know he's just just a young boy just a just good honest working class Englishman you know mm-hmm. so. Fair fucks, I suppose, you know? Um, yeah, good on him, you know? Yeah, so um, he went and, uh, you know, he, uh, took part in X Factor, and that was them, really. He's now, like, literally, it, the last few years has been on the Times Rich List as, like, the second richest musician in the UK. He's, it's, it's, it's hard to state when we're talking about this. You know, I'm a wee bit disconnected from the monoculture, you know what I mean? I'm a bit disconnected from what all the kids are listening to these days. Same. But this is like, he's like the third biggest, you know, pop star in the world, probably. Which I don't think I really realised. No, I didn't really know that. To the point that I still don't fully buy it. Not either. <laughs> <laughs> Me not either, also. <laughs> um, but he's, he's, he's huge, like uh, 4 billion plays on Spotify and stuff like that, you know? You're like, oh, cool, you know? Um, so he left, the One Direction went on a hiatus. Um, he released his first album, which went down pretty well. I had a look at... Um, Did you listen to it? I didn't listen to the first one. I listened to one song, right? 
because and this kind of leads into this album as well because I was looking at the Wikipedia page and there's a song on it called um, Carolina mm-hmm. and it has six writers on it yeah and four producers too many cooks spoil the guff well it's just something that is very present on this album as well there's is it like, yeah I thought this was a wee bit more kind of yeah listen I came out of my shower and I was just wearing a towel but my guy who I hang out with when I'm wearing a towel he was playing piano we knocked out in 20 minutes they've taken you for an absolute ride there Boyd I can't believe I've been rode so hard by these lads they've seen you coming a fucking mile off I get <laughs> I'll be tricked um, yeah so the album is called Fine Line um, and it is about um, Harry broke up with his um, Instagram model girlfriend Camille Rowe also Playboy cover girl Camille Rowe you can check um, her out on at Monkey Finger, which I didn't me? expect would be. <laughs> you can check her out at Monkey Finger. That's her Instagram handle. Really? At Monkey Finger. Okay. That sounds uh, like it would be the Instagram handle for like uh, like a shy kind of wanted to be like the Mighty Bush stand up. Oh, bloody hell, it's Monkey Finger. It comes or, out, he's got a big monkey finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you get, like, Twitter is so full of, like, a lot of the intellectuals on Twitter, like, intellectual, like, leftist accounts are called stuff like, at dinosaur cum. Do you know what I mean? So it yeah. feels like it'd be something like that. Yeah. If it was monkey <laughs> finger up on us, you'd be like, this guy's a communist. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, um, he's had uh, quite a few famous girlfriends. He was with Caroline Flack. He was with Taylor Swift. Then Camille Rowe. They broke up. He he, um, yep, he decided to uh, write this album, which was, uh, as I said in the intro, about having sex and feeling sad. Two of your favourite things. Yeah, kind of my only two uh, states of being. Um, <laughs> kind of fluctuate between them. And uh, I'll be honest, 99.5% of the time, I'm sad. <laughs> yep. So, um, I thought, I, yeah, I don't think it is about that, though. You know? <laughs> to me, it doesn't sound very... Oh, I get it. Do you know what? Yeah, it makes sense. There's there's a couple of sad bits, um, but and there's a lot of kind of horny stuff as well. Well, do you remember last week when we were talking about Bonnie Rape? When we were talking about that, that opening song mm-hmm. on her album, which being is all really, about yeah. being being like a you know go entering middle age as a woman and how refreshing it is to hear a song about something like that when the majority of songs are about being horny or mm-hmm. being in love. And now that's all this album is. It's just it's just like the it's just horny and. Being in love and being sad. Here's the thing, right? Hey. So he said it's um, it was his toughest, most soulful record he's ever made, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was inspired by uh, Joni Mitchell's album Blue, um, in which they used a uh, an instrument called a dulcimer, which mm-hmm. was mentioned in the Rolling Stones bio, which is like a sort of flat stringed instrument that you play with like little drumsticks. Right. Um, and he was so inspired by the sound on that album that they tracked down who made the dulcimer for that album, and they mm-hmm. got her to make one for this album. So of all this stuff, right, Harry Styles is, at all times, really threatening to do something interesting. <laughs> like, you read that, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, this right. guy wants to get that Johnny wow. Mitchell sound. Okay. Yeah, it's quite a, it's a very luxurious sounding album. You can kind of sink into it a wee bit. Do you think so? This, this sounds nice as well. You can't say it's not well produced. Well, that's it, it right? No, but, that, but uh, absolutely, right? It's an incredibly well produced album, and there's a lot about it that is like, like it's very easy listening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That kind of sums up its whole feel. 
But like when you're hearing him saying like this is the toughest, most soulful album I've ever produced, and then you listen to the lyrics. And it's just him going, there's literally this one song where he's just repeating the words, I'm lonely. And you're like, right, Harry. But mm. like, do you want to expand on that just just a tiny bit? Now, I don't want to be too harsh on him here because like, I feel like I don't want to bring in my own preconceptions to what Harry Styles was about, right? Give, a, th- give the boy a fair chance, I yeah. say, right? But um, it's just... It's just fine. Yeah, it's good. Fine, 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 fine record, you know? Uh, he's a... He's a, he's a, he's a I kind of do and don't want to take the piss out of him. Do you know what I mean? Like, did you watch that uh, interview with Zayn Lowe? Um, I've seen one clip of it. Right. I love it to bits. It's filmed on Harry Styles' Malibu coastal, you know, beach house as nice. the sun sets. Uh, I got quite a, a wee bit of a fright watching it because uh, him and Zayn are speaking quite low, but then there's, like, a seagull squawking. Right. So the mics are turned up really high, and then the seagull—I thought there was a seagull in my kitchen. Uh, really gave me, really spooked me out. But there's a bit where Harry's like staring into the waves, and he's like, "Songwriting's like surfing," and Zane's like, "Oh, do you surf?" And Harry's like, "Not enough." <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed it. I, I really that. enjoyed that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like I said, I don't want to be too nasty because I, I don't think he's like, I don't think, I think there's something, there is something there, right? Oh, 100%. There's, uh, I, that's kind of what frustrates me about the album is that, I mean, I haven't, we haven't really spoken about it yet, right? But I really like some aspects, some songs in this. I'm like, oh, see if the whole album was like that. Mm. This would be fucking unreal and it would get so many people into like cool music. Maybe, maybe it will because there's, you know, I think she and um, the the Sunflower Volume Six song. I think they're fucking really cool. Yeah, pieces of music, and I really like them. But even then, like, yeah, I really like the song she. But then, in the the track by track thing, where um, Harry Styles getting interviewed by Rolling Stone, they went track by track. This is what uh, I've 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 labelled this in my notes wank quote. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so they're asking him about the guitar playing on she and he goes Mitch played that guitar while he was a little uh, influenced <laughs> well he was on mushrooms yeah. we all were we had no idea what we were doing we forgot all about that track then we went back later and loved it but Mitch had no idea what he did on that guitar that night so he had to learn it all over from the track and then it, it's just yeah. like come on man he goes that's a phenomenal song you can't say that if you wrote it you can't go yeah that's a phenomenal I, song. And uh, the whole, like... If what you say is real about him doing this with a bunch of songwriters, the way Ed Sheeran would do it, you know what I mean? It's like, it makes sense that he would go, oh yeah, that one's good. Because you just sang over the top of it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, well, that's it. What's the song with the weird long guitar solo as well? Which that's she, the... that's the one I love, man. Right, okay. That good, that guitar solo, it's like, again, it's good, but you're like, but who's, who is that? Who, that's like... Mitch. Right, I hear you. Okay. He's from a... Like, here's... Uh, it, this is the part of it that I pure like. Mitch. Is Mitch part of the Harry Styles band, though? Do you know what I mean? Are they travelling? Is he coming on tour? Here's the story of Mitch, right? A guitar solo the... is a celebration of the guitarist, right? And if it's just going to be covered by some fucking session musician and no, Harry no, no, Styles no, no, live, no. then what is the point? This is a, this is an aspect that I like about this album, where mm. in his first solo record, what I haven't listened to, apparently it was every track had a different session uh, musician, and Harry Styles mm. was like, I'm not really getting to know these people, and 
it's kind of having a different vibe. So he was like, I want to find a guitarist. So he heard about this guy called Mitch and he got him in to do a track on this record and he loved it. And he said, right, come back tomorrow. And Mitch was like, I can't. And he's like, why? And he's like, I, I work in a pizza restaurant and I need to go make pizzas. Right. And I, that's the kind of working class legend that Mitch is. And do you not think multi-millionaire Harry Styles could have went, I'll give you a million pounds and then you don't have to work in a pizza restaurant anymore? He did. I guess he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of cool guitar parts on this record, but the solo and she's very kind of... Uh, listen, I oftentimes disagree with the, uh, the Rolling Stones blub on the 500 list, but it is shroomadelic for sure. That's it. It feels to me like, um, like you know, when you go to Disneyland or something, sure. and it's like oh, this queue, this this ride is the medieval ride, and the queue mm-hmm. is all like designed to be like just you know nameless medieval things. Mm-hmm. I feel like this this is like that, but for if it was a psychedelic ride, you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, I think that's a wee bit unfair, but yeah, it's a little bit like trying on a lot of different hats and stuff. Well, it is definitely trying a lot of different hats because the amount of different, like, again, like, look, having influences is fine and wearing your influences on your sleeve is absolutely fine, but it does feel like there are, honestly, the, the inconsistency in, like, tone. The, the tone and even his vocal style is, like, really jarring a lot of the time. <laughs> like, it, it's honestly as if he went into the, the record, like, producer's office and they've gone, okay, right, new second album, Harry. You, we need to show everyone, you are a serious musician, okay? Mm-hmm. So we've got some tracks here. You know, there's one that's a, there's a bit like a Rufus Wainwright. There's one that's a bit like Queen. There's one like a bit Bonnevere. Like, have a listen, see which one you, you, you fancy, and we'll go down that road. And he's just like, takes off his sunglass and goes, I'll take the lot. <laughs> I'm Harry Styles, bitch. It's like the bit in Harry Potter 1 where... Um... Ron can't afford anything from the, the sweet trolley. And <laughs> Harry goes, I'll take the lot! And he puts down like 40 galleons. And then you think, well, what about everybody else in the train? Yeah, yeah, what a scumbag. The next five carriages don't have any sweets now, you stupid little prick. We should have known right then that J.K. Rowling was a wrong one. I, I knew straight away. Did you? Yeah. When you were eight years old reading Harry First Potter. First time I read Philosopher's Stone. Stone, and I heard about the Forbidden Forest, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, I get up for you. So I want to go through some of the different um, vocal styles and influences. Um, the Bonnie, you mentioned tracks. the Bonnie Vert. There's a lot of kind of Bonnie variating on the uh, like the last track, Fine Line. Type That's track. The, that is honestly, honestly, like Fine Line, um, the Bonnevere sound is almost entirely like it, it's 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 just complete facsimile for a, a, a Bonnevere song from their Flume. 2010 album. Oh, I can kind of remember, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, kind of had it when he was on the Kanye West album and stuff, and he's just got that kind there, There's a song called Perth, right, mm-hmm. and honestly, if you play these two next to each other, like, the way that the snare comes in at the same time, and then the trumpets near the end, it's it's honestly as if they've got, they've listened to that song and gone, okay, let's do that for Harry. And I didn't even really like Bonnie Vera the first time around, so he didn't, I kind of, you know. Do you not really like Bonnie That surprises me, I think. I liked for Emma forever ago. Yeah. And then I seen them on the tour for the the other album, the one after that. And I seen mm. them in the SECC. Mm. And it was just one of the grimmest nights of my life. Really? Yeah. I, I saw them at the Playhouse um, on their 22 A Million tour when they got kind of like really weird and started using like auto-tune stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really ill. 
like like shouldn't have been outside ill. Yeah. Um, the way you hear auto tune when you're not feeling great either. It was a city downy gig. Was that me? And I, as in, it was all seated. Mm. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And I was like, honestly, like I know it's like a crap joke people do, like off my tits on Lemsip, but like I was on like so many different cold and flu medications that it was, it was a weird like kind of fever dream aspect to it. I like Bonnevere, but they are insufferable wanks. Like yeah. when they released that album, the way they announced it was they put a CD player on a um a, like a, a graffitied alleyway mm-hmm. in Melbourne. It wasn't a CD player even. It was a boombox with a tape in, and um, they announced on their website, go to this alleyway to listen to our new album and a bunch of fucking hipsters went and sat in like an alleyway in a street in melbourne to like hear the album on a boombox that's and, cute and i'm like guys this is what people make fun of like hip musicians for come on when i was in a band we put a cassette that's all i'm saying but <laughs> um, did you make people listen to it in an alleyway people did listen to it in an alleyway we didn't ask them to um <laughs> that was just the vibe at the time um anyway right i, I want to go I, through I, I really don't like bonnie so uh Whenever like Justin Timberlake and Harry Styles does him, I'm just like, come out and lads. Well, I I actually you know there are a lot of Bonnevere songs that I really like, right? And and particularly I love the song Perth, which is what Fine Line is like to me, just Ripping a complete a com- like a complete actual rip off of. But there's a number of that. It's honestly it's like Harry Styles is fucking Mr. Ben, right? And before each song, he runs into a changing room and comes out and is like, okay, now I'm this guy. Yeah, and I like you know I've been accused of the same thing. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've watched your comedy. I'm like, oh, okay, now he's doing his Stan Boardman bit. Okay, now it's his Jim Davis. I had that review that said that it was like, yeah, watching this guy, just like, it's just every joke seems like it's from a different comedian. And I was just like, fuck, really? man. Yeah, yeah. Because you were stealing so many jokes. It's because I was stealing literally every life of the Apollo joke I've ever seen and just did them in a row. Including lines like good evening ladies and gentlemen my name is jack whitehall yeah I that's what tipped the reviewer off i think <laughs> i cornered the reviewer in a bar later and, and I said, you had little how did you, you know had, you had those masks that they sell at pound shops mm-hmm. of each different comedian whose bit you were doing with the eye holes cut out yeah so maybe that's how they knew but it was a very avant-garde performance i thought no but uh, you know i, I think uh I, maybe i was guilty of it at the time and I think this is guilty of it, this album, but he's 25, you know, he's figuring it out. He's... So that's, yeah, like, again, I, I feel like everything I'm saying just sounds like unnecessarily harsh, but like, I, I do want to stress as well that I do think there is something there, mm-hmm. and I, I do think that there is a great album in him. If he can tap into everything kind of he, he's saying mm-hmm. about oh, all his influences and this how I feel, beyond, you know, yeah. having sex and feeling sad, it's like, Harry, I know, I know you've got more to say than this. I, I actually, I believe in Harry Styles. You know? Then he's written. Some... Well, here's the thing, right? I, I, I don't want to get too controversial, but pardon me, I don't want to get too controversial. But mm. I was reading reviews about this, right? And I really wanted to, cause it's so successful. I wanted to hear kind of passionate arguments in its favour. And I found all these websites. Like I went on Southampton's student entertainment magazine the edge so so southampton's university's entertainment magazine the edge i'm a subscriber yeah yeah, me too no um and i read all these different kind of student reviews by like kind of young women about it and a lot of them were like i just think it's so great that because harry styles doesn't want a label on his sexuality even though you know he's got quite a consistent track record of who he's been checking yeah (laughs) Um, beautiful women um just because Harry Styles is unlabeled, this album is like a home 
for the LGBT community. This just gives gay people a chance to like have their lives expressed, and I'm like, no, it fucking doesn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, the song Watermelon Sugar is about eating vagina. What is that your favourite song you've ever heard about eating vagina? Probably. Uh... And let's not call it eating vagina. Okay, what's a better thing to call it? Giving a lick out. <laughs> I really didn't know what you were gonna do, but that's way worse. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, he was asked about that in the same. That's the why when he was asked about that in the same low interview. He was uh, like, oh, there's rumours that it's like this woman and sugar is about you know. Or, and he kind of did that whole. I couldn't possibly say. Who would possibly say? Yeah. His, his accent's fucking insane. Can I just say that it's kind of like Birmingham, but it's also like he's been in Malibu for a while, so. Well, is is that that Alex Turner when they started combing their hair? I, I will. I I could get to that right now. My my oh. hot spicy take this week. Go on. This hot, this takes so spicy. Your eyes are gonna burst. Like yeah, uh, uh, okay. like <laughs> like an egg yolk, and dribble down your cheek. But you won't even be able to tell because your skin is so charred for the spicy take. <laughs> and your tongue is gonna grow nine foot tall and then strangle yourself with it. Okay, good. A life-ending take. Yeah. This is probably... This is like... Do you know what? I've not been a music journalist for a while. Or ever, I someone say. Shut the... F- <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but my Arcade Fire preemptively doing an album about being COVID denialers. Yeah. This is up there with that. Right. My big spicy hot take this week is that this is very much an alternate universe version of Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Well, I yeah, I agree. What's um, there's one song she in particular. He's doing Alex. She she lives in dinner with me. Oh, the thing is that isn't Alex Turner's voice. They're both copying the same thing, which is this kind of seventies psychedelic Californian pop, right? So Harry Styles and Alex Turner, they're both for the top half of England. I really thought Harry Styles was further up north than just below Birmingham, but because uh, he keeps saying, yeah, I'm up north, but you're not. So Harry uh, St- it's, all, it's all north to me. But then I'm Sheffield not. and Redditch, kind of. I mean, Sheffield's like the top of the Midlands. Do you know what I mean? So look, it's all the same corner of the world. When you're from Dagenham, anything above Milton Keynes is the north, right? So please, Milton Keynes, <laughs> they're fucking whip it walking, flat cat wearing, gravy drinking, northern monkeys. As far as I'm concerned, uh, thank you very much. Right, so Harry Styles and Alex Turner, they're both for the top half of England. They become hugely successful in their teens and early 20s. Alex Turner with Arctic Monkeys, uh, Harry Styles with One Direction. They both moved to California, but where Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is an album about a hotel on the moon, this record is about being in love with the sun. Do you know what I mean? They're like mirror images of each other, the yin and the yang. It is a very sunny album. It has that kind of, like, like that Soweto... Um you know, light, sort of um, it, sunny guitar riffs. It does to a certain extent to me because in the first track, Golden, it's like, what was that kind of, you're so golden, which is like so sunny, it's like being in a lilo in the middle of the ocean and then there's like 30 synchronised swimmers around you doing with their yeah. legs and shit. And you're like, God, I'm so sad. <laughs> no, but it, it's all about being in love with this woman. And she's like the sun, do you know what I mean? She's giving you sunburn, you're getting hurt because you're so obsessed with her, you're sun worshipper. And mm. then Fallen, that mad sad track halfway through, that comes in and that's like an eclipse of the sun, do you know what I mean? And okay. then 
you're eclipsed by the sun, you start going fucking psychedelic mental because you, you need the sun, you're getting withdrawal, and you got to she, she, she lives in the dreams with me. And it's like, you know, you need the sun. Then Sunflower Volume 6, the sun comes back, pure, you know, and you're like, fuck, the sun's back, yes. And then just the song at the end seems unnecessary. Um, yeah, okay. And they're doing the same thing, you know, they're, they're doing the same thing, <laughs> basically, a lot of the time they're doing that kind of falsetto and... To me, the difference is that I don't quite buy it with Harry Styles. You know what I mean? I buy it with Alex Turner. Well, it, it, it always feels overproduced to the point of insincere. Sure. Well, I, I, Alex Turner is a bit more of an auteur mm. than Harry Styles. And that's it. And again, like, look, I, I, there are some brilliant songs in this. Watermelon Sugar and Fine Line, I think, are, are two fantastically written well produced easy listenable catchy hooky pop songs that have been I've had was it earworms of them for the last week I don't and, like and, either of those songs well I mean Watermelon Sugar is like an incredibly successful song right it's like it is uh, it just won like fucking a shitload of Grammys and shit and, do you know what I mean listen don't get me started the Grammys or I will bring up Metallica again <laughs> But my point is, is that they had that obviously like it's a very hooky song, right? It's and they are um, they're good, they're good, they're, they're, they are objectively good pop songs, mm-hmm. right? I look at the front cover and it's uh, Harry Styles through a fish view lens, it's fish eye lens, and he's all kind of ooh. And then for the bottom of the album cover, there's a wee black leather glove come out as if to say, "Come on, touch the darkness." Do you know what I mean? And this yeah. was sold to me as. Harry Styles makes a psychedelic rock album, which, if it was a full album of songs like She and Sunflower Volume 6, and it was just pure spacey, we'll be taking mushrooms and towels and playing the guitar and I met my friend in a pizzeria, it's like, that would be fucking class. But because he's doing all this Bonnie Verne nonsense, and because he's like, yeah, I just want to have a kind of, like, adore you. I walk through fire. What's that song? Do you know that um, one? It's got a wee bit in it. It's called Adore You. Yeah, it's got Adore, adore You. Walk through fire for you. Just let me adore you. It's like it's like a not as good version of Grenade by Bruno Mars, who I think is wonderful. Um, do you really? Do you like Bruno Mars? I'm a big Bruno Mars head these days. That's do you know, when I, do you know what got me? It's when he done the uh, the Super Bowl show with Lady Gaga. No, when he done the Super Show with Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I was like, I always, I'm always getting red hot chili peppers. And well, I was thinking a bit later, guys. Yeah, Super Bowl performance, which was also very, very, very good. If you're going to listen to this album, which I'm not saying don't do, because I do think it's an enjoyable experience. You probably right? already have. Most people on the planet have heard that, apparently. Um, I accidentally listened to the album on shuffle mm. first time round, and it, how do you do that? Well, my Spotify was already on shuffle. Right. And then I clicked on Fine Line, and then it played it on shuffle. Okay, I don't use Spotify because I don't hate musicians. Who do you use instead? Uh, uh, I actually only uh, uh, Bandcamp. I only I only subscribe to people on Bandcamp and I pay for really so, so you, Apple Music. Yeah, yeah. Famous communist Apple Music. <laughs> uh, I listened to it accidentally on shuffle, and it actually vastly improved the listening experience because it was suddenly much weirder, right? Oh, if you listen yeah. to it all the way through, there is a natural, normal flow to it. Do you know what I mean? You're talking about the eclipse of the sun that I noticed. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. But then imagine if it, the album started with the Eclipse of the Sun 
And then halfway through, had uh, had Golden. Okay? I hate Golden. Then... is such a perfect intro, though. No, it uh, it does work. I'm not saying it doesn't yeah. work, but it made the album a lot weirder. And with what I had heard about the album, like people saying, "Wow, Harry Styles gets weird," you know. Mm. And then I heard it in this order, in which "Fine Line" is like the second song. I was like, "Well, hold on, who's this guy?" And then listened to it all the way through, and I was like, "Not as interesting." Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. If I had volume. It's on Flare Volume 6 is the first one I would have been like, okay, cool. This is this is exciting. Yeah, right. But it does follow a very kind of normal formulaic um, kind of album structure, um, as do a lot of the songs, right? And this is this is my final spicy take on, on the album. It reminded me of the exact feeling I had after watching Star Wars Episode 7, in that I came out of watching that movie. Have you seen it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I felt like... That was a fine movie. I enjoyed watching that movie. I was entertained throughout. Mm-hmm. I can't criticise the story or any of the character developments or any of the dialogue or any of the actors. They all did a great job at making that movie. Uh-huh. But ultimately, pretty forgettable. You know what I mean? Just like nothing that dangerous or exciting or, or outrageous... Like, it, it was exactly what you expected from a Star Wars movie, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt about this. I, 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 I'll tell I, you I, what, listened, I listened to it and I went, there's a lot of really well-produced, well-written, well-performed songs in this album that I can enjoy listening to, but there's just not much to them. How, are you a big Star Wars person? I had watched them all. I was never a big Star Wars person. Right. You, you know what I mean? So... I guess it's your mileage, maybe age, you know what I mean? Um, I think people who watched Star Wars Episode Seven and they had never seen any of the other ones, they might have been like, whoa, that was... But then you're not really get. I don't know if it's a good... Because I feel like so much of Star Wars Episode Seven is like references, like Chewbacca's here, oh my God, Han Solo's here. Do you know? And I don't know if most of the people who are enjoying this are necessarily big Jody Mitchell heads. Do you know what I mean? I think they're more like, we loved One Direction. We're a wee bit older now. Oh, he's doing something a wee bit interesting. That's cool. And that's, I more mean yeah. that it how how safe it's played. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So like, sure, there's reference to Joni Mitchell in like the literature of the album, but I don't know <laughs> if you're realistically listening to this going, Oh my god, is that the Dulcimer from Is that the Dulcimer? <laughs> I think that's the same Dulcimer from the Joni Mitchell album. Great. The big Dulcimer heads were all over this record. <laughs> um, so that's where I sit with it. Do you have anything, any other final notes that you want to... Do you have any other final notes you want to make about this? Uh, no, I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to say about it. I liked it a lot. I just wish uh, he had kind of stuck to one idea and followed it through instead of doing a, a, a you know big what? I, tapas plate of... That's it. I think that's the main problem with the album as well, is that any, any parts of it that you do enjoy... For example, I liked two songs that you didn't like, that were mm-hmm. your favourite... Like, the the inconsistency in the style is so varied that you can't really... It, it can't be a satisfying whole. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even know if you can really treat it as a whole album. Yeah. And then and, and interviews, is like, yeah, I just want people to listen to the whole album and really, uh, you know, put it together. But it doesn't have that uh, tonal consistency, you know? And some people say, listen, Parasite didn't have tonal consistency. And I'm saying this album is like Parasite, the film. The, that's... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I don't think that. It's more like, um, yeah, it's a wee bit like a Star Wars film. Big budget, looks great, sounds great, interesting idea, but it's a bit, 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 bit plastic for me. When I go to the movies, 
I want to see a parasite, okay? I don't want to see a Star Wars Episode Seven, and that's how I feel about this. I am, and I'll say this: I am baffled, truly baffled, that anybody polled in the making of this list was asked their top fifty albums of all time. Your, t- can you name us? At right down what point? Let me finish. No. One. Let me finish. No. Let me finish. At what point name are you going to accept I'm gonna talk, I'm you've gonna talk been over you. absolutely? Done. I'll just talk over you, Lenny. I'm talking over you because you're talking the same shit every week. Um, <laughs> you don't fucking get it. You've been done. That isn't how they put the list together. They told yeah. you it was. They worked you. You have been carnied. Sorry, go they ahead. Put, they put the list together by asking a number of different... <laughs> no, they didn't. People. They said they did. So do you think all the people that they listed, they've just lied about? Yes. You it's think a work. It's a work. Do you think that Rolling Stone magazine have, have just put... We asked people like Beyonce what their top 50 albums and and, and Beyonce had nothing to do with they it. They asked them, they took it into consideration, they just put it together for their own ends. So what do you think Rolling Stone have to gain from slipping Harry Styles' most recent album in the, in the top 500? I mean, you're saying that as if it's ridiculous, but he is the one of the biggest pop stars, so you'll get so many more hits if you go one of the big and look who we've got it's Harry Styles Harry Styles going, yay if you google Rolling Stones Harry Styles he's all over it they've done that for see that thing I was talking about the, the track by track listing that isn't even on the first 10 articles you can click on with Rolling Stones type in Rolling Stones Harry Styles this list comes up uh, and then it's like loads of interviews with him because he's the biggest fucking pop star in the world who's claiming he's a rock star. They're the rock magazine who does the most mainstream rock coverage possible. Of course, you've been worked, Liam. You've you been done. You've got absolutely no evidence that they have. They are, they are lying about the way that they made this list. Only Zero. a working understanding of media, you clown. Sorry. When you what? When you pretended to be a music journalist. I'm fucking involved. Right. You're involved. Yes. I'm obsessed. <laughs> It's a good I, album. Did I, you enjoy I, it? <laughs> to finish my point, you've made your point and it's been refuted. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a good faith analogy, of, <laughs> uh, a, a, a good a good faith understanding of the judging process. I am baffled that anybody asked what their top fifty albums of all time would put this would list this. Okay, I'm completely dumbfounded. I, I will accept that maybe if they asked record producers who happen to be involved with that label that maybe that would go on it. But the, the fact that this album is on the greatest album of all, of all time is mad to me. That doesn't mean to say it's a bad album. It doesn't mean to say there's any bad performances or anything, you know, other than, you know, some of the consistency issues that we said about it. Like, it's fun, it's listenable, it's, you know, it's enjoyable, it's sing-alongable. There's a lot of great hooks in there. But she... I am not hearing that it is one of the greatest albums of all time. See, like Bonnie Raitt last week, okay? Now, we neither of us particularly were that into the album. But I can, I can get it. See if someone was there at the time and they listened to it and it and it was influential to them for a number of different reasons. I, I, I get why that to someone then might feel musically inspired by that. But I just don't see it with this. It's like getting upset at the you know, the what was that list, the top sixty funniest people in the history of Scotland. You're talking to number fifty nine, of course. Um you know, there's a lot of politically motivated decisions to put people on there, keep people off. I won't go into it. I was on it, surely through Bread the moment talent. But what you have to understand here, Liam, is you've been absolutely worked by, you know, an absolutely silly magazine that nobody likes. We're not going to have this argument. We're not going to have this discussion every week, but 
because you're going to stop talking about it. We have to point. agree to dis. Well, we're, 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 the whole point of the podcast is to discuss the placement of them, right? No, it's so not like- anymore now, and we'll come to it right now. We're not talking about is it deserved to be on this stupid list? We're going to say, did we you can- enjoy an album? Yes, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it should be on the list. That's how. That's counts. how. That's how I'm going to answer from now You've on. You've given it a yes. You love it. No, I don't love it. I enjoyed. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to ask you. I don't want to know. You've pissed me right off. You've pissed me off bringing up this nonsense topic again. Like some kind of carnival fool who goes to the carnival and he goes, oh, they've brought the same person up on stage for the magician trick, Jake. Maybe this magic trick's effects. Yes, of course. It's plants. You're like two steps away from being a full like COVID truther. That's my opinion. You've I'm been fucking... bought in by the conspiracy theorists. I'm a Rolling Stones truther. Right? You're fucking from Bohemian what I know Rome. about how the editors of magazines work. From what Which I know is... about uh, being obsessed with music journalism over the last fifteen years. Yeah. Um, and like listening to ex Pitchfork writers talk about how insane the editors were at Pitchfork and reading you know, autobiographies by music journalists talking about how mental Rolling Stone was and how crazy Spin was. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're all in the pocket of Big Bonnie Wright, I hear you. <laughs> did I enjoy an album? Sure did. Uh, I liked it. Uh, uh, I enjoyed some songs off it and I thought this would be great if there was more of the stuff I liked and less of the stuff I didn't like, which is kind of interesting. But viewing it through the lens of uh, an e- a kind of alternate happy version of Alex Turner by someone who whose brain it's almost like Harry Styles is too dumb to be upset about being famous um, and it kind of brings you what's that quote and I think it is it after what's that what's that film um, Almost Famous where mm. Buster Keaton Bust, no. Rhymes no I won't go into it but there's basically a, a quote where it's like it's about a stupid rock band and it's like um, most rock stars are buffoons trying pretending they're poets Whereas, in this case, it's uh, someone who's a poet because they don't know they're a buffoon. You know? mm. High Styles is a bit of a dum-dum. And he's he's just having a laugh, making songs with pals who work in pizza restaurants. And when that comes through, as we took a bunch of mushrooms and he played a guitar solo and I just sang about coffee and shit over the top of it. I think it really works. But when it's um, the more kind of slick pop bangers... Um, doesn't really do the job for me, unfortunately. And I apologise to anybody who feels a, a connection with it. There's a lot of people, obviously, but not not for me. Um, and do you have two songs selected um, for mm-hmm. our ongoing playlist? Uh, a song from the album um, and a song uh, inspired by our chat about the album. Of course, I'm going to go with uh, She mm. from this record. And I'm going to go with Four Stars Out of Five by the Arctic Monkeys from their album tranquility based hotel and casino which i feel is a evil version of this um very good i am gonna go with for direct comparison purposes fine line which i do think is a good song mm-hmm. um and um perth by bonnever is a great song i you feel like the... we're upset over this uh, list thing but you know I, I... well there's a tension you introduce attention by um by shouting over me Sure. Um, sure. With a with a, a a lack of evidence to support your um audacious the lack claims. Of ev- the evidence is that every week you go. I just don't know how they came up with this list. Does it make sense to me how they done this the way they said? No, they I do know. I, I do know how they came up with the list. This is the first time that I've said I've been baffled that anyone would put it on the on the list. I I, I know at least how they at least how they claimed to have come up with it. It makes more sense to me that if you've asked all these young musicians what uh, what they think should be on it. Makes more sense that this is on it than uh, suicide or um, 
uh, Bonnie Raitt. Do you know what I mean? Nobody, nobody listens to that shit anymore. Young musicians like The Edge of U2, sure. Raekwon of the Wu-Tang, Gene Simmons, and Stevie Nicks. Right. Oh, Stevie Le- Nicks loves this. She does? Well, maybe Harry Styles showed there. it. He went, I was listening to you when I wrote this, and Stevie Nicks went, oh, that's good. Well, well, they, they go question answered then. That, that's who put it on the list. Right. I feel that like you've been worked, and I think you're too smart to be saying stuff like this. I think you've been taken in by the conspiracy truthers, and I think it won't be long until you're tweeting about fucking Bohemian Grove and, and Davos. Are you trying it as if Bohemian Grove doesn't exist? It does exist. It does? Hmm. It does? It does. It does. It does. It does. Well, it's, it's, listen, we're on the same page. <laughs> I, I, I quite enjoyed this album. Um, do you know who's next week? It's going to be, I looked up, it's going to be Linda mm. Ronstadt. Am I saying that right? Who knows? I'm not the person to ask. No, you don't know how to pronounce anybody's name. Although but... it has, a number of people since the podcast have come out, have, have actually come to me and they said, I, I think you were right about Shaka Khan. Just saying. Well, Just saying a number of people have come up here's, here's what I'll refute that with. Not refute. Here's what I'll argue. Not necessarily in my favour, just some information that I've found out. Mm. When you listen to that Chaka Khan song that I like, where it's like, let me rock you Chaka Khan. Mm. The guy at the start says it both ways. Okay. He goes, Chaka, Chaka Khan. Let me rock you Chaka Khan. And he does it, Chaka and Chaka. So all I'll say there is, you know, I, I, it was a, a good bit of banter. Much like our opinions on the Rolling Stone listing process, there are two ways it can be interpreted. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to see you next week. <laughs> we can enjoy an album all over again. Ha, ha, ha.